Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Third Fleet Podcast. This is episode 76, and we are getting back that consistency. I'm here with Gaijin Hunter. How you doing, Gaijin? Hello. I'm I'm surprisingly awake, despite all the grinding I've been doing in the last few weeks, but I'm feeling good. Feeling good. That is uh, absolute insanity. I actually, and I you're have not to... sick today, right? No, I'm not. I'm not sick today. Um, I've been seeing comments of like the we're back is like okay, you are both sleepy and Rory's got a cold. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's like, like I feel like I'm always in a permanent state of having a cold. Like there's just something. I feel like this is something that was onset with age, where I just permanently feel uh, like there's a piece of phlegm in my throat. Like there's just it's well, just you permanent. Talk so much every day, there. so. Yeah, that there. I guess there is that. Uh, I've been trying to do these um, vocal warm-up exercises that my uh, my voice acting friend suggested, which is actually funny because it's just, you know the troll guy, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, that's actually a very good vocal warm-up. So usually before I do anything, like before we start recording this podcast, I was pacing around the office going like, yeah, 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 supposedly that's good for you, your You got to do that on the podcast, man. Save it for that. That'd be entertaining. Yeah, open yeah. So, up with, uh, so we just Rory's open up. training. And every opening sequence of the podcast is going like, That would be great. That is that is some good times, but uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been pretty busy. I haven't really been playing a whole lot of Monster Hunter. I did make it. I think I made it up to Anomaly rank two twenty one, and then I was just like, okay, I've hit the wall again, and I really want to go do these three hundred Anomaly special investigations. But I'm be real, I'm not willing to put in like the fifty hours or however long it's going to take me. Especially because we also had some recent releases like Jedi Survivor, and I wanted to play that, despite mm. the fact that that game is busted, which is something that I'll have to talk about in my review. Before we, we really get deep into the topics, I need to ask you, dude, what the hell is going on in the gaming industry that it seems like most publishers just feel like, hey, we're going to release a broken game, and but hey, don't worry, we promise we'll fix it. Yeah, I mean, well, you, this is specifically talking about PC versions, right? Not, not just, games, not just PC version. Like a, a lot. Of, oh, like look, I don't know what everyone's standards is when it comes to consoles, but like, look, I have, even despite the fact some people say oh, you have lower standards because you play on the Switch. Like, well, yes, I play games on the Switch. I don't care that much about frame rate when I'm playing on the Switch, but if I'm playing on the PlayStation Five, I'm like, bro. I have a different, a completely different set of expectations and a completely different set of standards. I don't expect my Switch to output 1440p at 60fps, but I definitely expect the PlayStation to do that in most cases. And good God, even on PlayStation 5, Jedi Survivor is not there. And this is after there was a patch like yesterday, and the game is still struggling in performance mode. So that for a lot of people, they've been saying, oh, console is fine, the problem is PC, and I'm like, no, 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 no. You're sorry, dude. I do not agree with that at all. There's problems in consoles as well. So, like, what what's the deal with these publishers, man? It's just like, oh yeah, we'll uh, we'll release it now and then uh, we'll fix it later. Don't worry about it. It's like a problem. Yeah, I, th I I have a guess, but I have no idea if it's correct. Um, but it has to do with like knowing a little bit about how like animation movies or just movies in general are made and how games are made and the differences between them. Like, I think most people would be surprised to find out that. This is not for every case, of course, 
but I would say most large AAA games, let's say it's a four-year development or something like that, right? Uh, In this case, first th- year is- that's actually it's actually interesting that you bring that up because they specifically bragged about the fact that like, Oh yeah, we put this one together in record time. It was like three and a half years they put this game together. Yeah, so I would say like, oh. and it's like, yeah, it shows. Like first, <laughs> yeah, like the first year, games are so costly to make, and I know people debate me about that all the time, but they are getting more expensive. So like, we'll save the price battle for another day. But yeah, yeah. Like the first year of a game is probably you know skeleton crew, right? Coming up with you know, pre-production, like, okay, what are the systems? What's the game going to be? How many stages? How many characters? You know, sort of really get a good bearing on what you're going to make. Then I'd say maybe from, like, year one and a half or so, then they start hiring people and ramping up into full production, getting external vendors all set up, and, you know, sending out for models and environments and all that kind of stuff. But the actual game doesn't really come together as an actual game until, like, the last six months before release. I think that might shock some people. Like, literally months before release is when it all comes together. Um, Because you have so many parts that are being run by so many different departments and leads that once it finally gets all put together and then they can start doing some quality QA on, like, a pre-alpha, like, you're a year away from release already at that point, which is tight. Then you've got distribution issues. So it's like the release date, it's got to be done, like, two, three months before that, right? Maybe two months now. I don't know. It depends on what countries they're selling at. But let's say two months before. So they've got like a window of what, like three, four months for debugging and and finessing. That's not enough because they're working with so many configurations. And the fact is, is during when they're doing development and they don't have it all together, one, they don't have a good grasp on what everything is. Two, they can't test every configuration during that. They're usually on PC developing, right? With tools and specs that are way beyond what the consumer machine, you know, setting will be. But see, that's so then the when thing. They, the yeah. Jedi Survivor specifically, at least it ran. I don't know how the current patch affects PC because this is a very recent patch. I know that it didn't fix everything, every problem I had on console, but it was specifically like people with giga friggin' high rigs that were having yeah. problems. Like people with 4090s, state of, the, state of the line processors, all of that stuff, and the game was running like ass. Yeah, well, maybe they prioritized one of the console versions. I don't know uh, for that game specifically, but I just yeah. think that game development is tough, right? Because everything is—it's such a big production. It's not like films where like they'll wrap filming and then they'll just be in post-production for like nine months, you know, editing and putting it together, whatever, and color grading and fixing and stuff like that. And it's a set environment. It's just a movie, you know. They don't have to worry about the different environments it's being run on in real time. I think games just, something has to change with the way that games are developed, right? I think Scrum is a good idea if done properly, but I'm guessing sometimes it doesn't. But it's like games have to be planned like three, four years in advance now for AAA titles, if not more. And then they're so locked in on their release date that if they were to slip, it would either screw up their their fiscal and you know their, their shareholders or it would just, it'd be a really bad timing. Uh, to release the game because timing is huge and the marketing budgets now are like half the cost of development so like let's say you got a i don't know like a 80 million dollar production they're probably spending like 30 million on marketing i think that that on top of that 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 is way too much i think that that is way too much to to begin with and on top of it it's just one of those situations where it feels very frustrating because like 
I played the game. I finished the game by now. And I actually think that it's a pretty good game. It's not the, the best game ever, but it's a pretty good game. But fundamentally, this pretty good game in an IP that I really like, which is Star Wars, you have a team that, in my opinion, respects the lore of Star Wars more than the people that are actually making the movies at this point, which is ridiculous, but that's what I believe about this team. And then you just end up with a product that is just like the only thing that people are going to remember is, oh, ran like ass. It was terrible. It was atrocious because of performance issues. That's it. But everything else in the game, there's actually a good game under all that. And it sucks to see it happen because you're thinking like, man, this could have been like one of the best releases of 2023. Instead of that, it's just the, everything people remember is the performance problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious, though, for large organizations, how that happens, like the cyberpunk situation, right? Where QA was flagging that stuff um, all the time. Yeah. And they just were shushed, you know, like, so it's like, are they are they just pushing it out to push it out? Is that an executive call? Is it the producers that are not communicating to the executives quick enough uh, that there's an issue or I don't know, but the, the, the scale of these things are so huge. I don't know. Maybe there just needs to be a better development method, like a mythology, like scrum, yeah. like some type of offset that helps. What, what is, what is scrum? I have no idea what you're talking about. Scrum is, oh, okay. So like typical game development back in the day would be like, okay, uh, we've got a milestone. Let's say we're going to, we're going to have a first pl a vertical slice, you know, a little bit of each feature, maybe one monster, one stage, one background, one boss, a few items you can get. Like that's what's called a vertical slice. And let's say they make that. Um, and then they have a first playable, which is before that. That's like after a prototype. And they got these phases, right? And it's like yeah. six months apart where they're like, okay, this is what we're going to have in each build and we're going to work towards it. The problem with that development is it worked really well for a long time because asset creation wasn't that expensive compared to how it is now uh, with oh, yeah. models As and stuff. Assets, assets now has to be complete insanity. It's very tough. And a lot of outsourcing. Like You can't just hire 600 people to work in your studio full-time for three years. That's I mean, the price would be ridiculous. So the problem is, is like that way of development worked really well, but the issues were that you couldn't really... One, it was sloppy, so it was hard to actually get everything sloppy. all together. Sloppy. Uh, <laughs> sloppy sloppy you know like <laughs> Eunice says I do a good impression of that but, you do um, that's good uh, but like changing course is really hard when you start to realize there's issues there's almost nothing you could do to adjust because every single milestone like MS project like all the way down to finish is all planned out so it's it's very hard to make a creative decision at the end that doesn't just kill the team on overtime or to just make a, you know, okay, we need to focus more on this or something like that. It's it's so rigid. So the West, came, I think it's the West. I could be wrong. But Western developers in general, from my perspective of seeing Japanese developers, took to Scrum, which is a development process for software, which is, it almost sets everything up by like, there's it's a whole process. Your whole team has to be doing it. It's, they've got Scrum Masters, meetings. And what it is, is it's more granular. So it's like they'll have a weekly check-in and they'll have a board saying, this is what we're doing this week. Then they do a reevaluation at the end of that week or two weeks, whatever the sprint or whatever it might be. And then they'll reevaluate and constantly change it as they go. It's a completely different 
frame of thinking of how to manage stuff, but it works really well when done properly. So it's instead of just going quiet and go like, oh, I haven't talked to the art leads for like a month. I don't know. No, 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 no. The Scrum team is meeting every week. They're they're talking about it. They're looking at the progress and they're making adjustments on the fly. Um, I think the reason why Japanese development gets really complicated is one, they never really adopted. I think it's because the handheld were so popular here that I think like true like AAA, like huge team design was, Japan was late to that, right? And you can't just use the old school Japanese development method to make those games. They take forever because Japanese developers are famous for, and I like this about them, if they find a cool idea in like the final 20% development lap, they'll do a complete about change and embrace it. They'll just, hey, we, f we find the game as we make it, you know, like that type of mentality. Yeah. But it also means that stuff gets delayed and there's a lot of overtime. Yeah, but it's um, like, I, I think that it getting delayed is much more is a much more acceptable outcome than the game just releasing in a completely busted state, especially with... Yeah, I agree. It's a tough one, right? I mean, I don't yeah. know what goes into those decisions. Like, hey, if we delay this, we're gonna then we're going to have to discount for holiday because the timing's off or we're going to be on top of another major release and we're yeah, I think that financial. People are saying it's going to be 30% less sales. Um, you know, it's damage control at that point. Yeah, I, I, I think that the the other releases is one of the big reasons why they wanted to release right now and they didn't want it to miss the window, which is, you know, in like uh, less than two weeks, Zelda Breath of yeah. the Wild, not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, which is like, dude, that game is going to take the world by storm pretty much. It is what it yeah. is. I'll say the most controversial thing because no one agrees with me on this. Okay. I think AAA games in general, I mean, as a consumer, it's great, but thinking about it like normally... I think they're doing too much. I think games need to dial it the hell back. They don't need to have every freaking mode, every freaking this, this, that, you know, like dial down your scope a little bit so that your schedule has more of a buffer so that you can polish it, add those modes later if the game takes off. Otherwise, just like cut back on a little bit. I think they're just trying to bite off more than they can chew because they it, want to be the biggest can. and baddest. I mean, the games are just crazy feature-wise these days. Yeah, I mean, Jedi Survivor specifically from like a visual standpoint, if you put it in quality mode, it is a visually impressive game. It looks fantastic. But I think that, and, and this is an interesting video that I made yesterday, which I feel like that moment where you're in awe, it lasts for anywhere yeah. from 10 minutes to 30 minutes. And like, um, and I like, a, I still get it in Monster Rise. I still get that moment of awe a lot. I mean, you, you get. I, I don't I don't know if I if I believe that like I, I feel like look I get moments of awe when I first see something and I'm just like oh that's yeah that's awesome I'm talking specifically about visual fidelity so when I'm talking about visual uh, fidelity okay, yeah I'm not talking about like animations yeah, yeah. or set it's just wow this is crisp and yeah, the this looks amazing. so it looks good. so real look at these ray trace this ray tracing stuff yeah, yeah. look at these reflections I think that that feeling of awe specifically for visual fidelity lasts for about 10 to 30 minutes. And within, let's say, a 30-hour experience, I think you might spend like one hour, maybe two if I'm being really generous, being amazed by the, the visual fidelity, just the visual fidelity, like the texture resolution, the nah, ray yeah. tracing, the reflections, the shadows. All of these things will probably entertain you for like two hours of a 30-hour experience. The rest of it 
you don't care. The game's in motion. You're focused on what's actually happening in the game, assuming the game's good. The animations, all of that other stuff kicks in, and that's what you're focused on. And at that point, does it really matter if the game is running in 4K, if it's running at 30 FPS? Or would it be better if it was running at a lower resolution at 60? Yeah, I, I hope hardware can... It's hard, right? Because hardware is for a wide range of consumers, but it would be nice to be in a day and age where all the hardware can do ray tracing easily because that in theory should cut back on development time. Like a lot of the effort of putting in all the shadow maps and all that kind of stuff, like yeah. to have a global lighting system like that would really help them focus on other stuff. But like, we're still far away from that, obviously. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a case by case scenario. Cause you look at games like, what was that one that launched on Microsoft? Uh, Hi-Fi Rush? Hi-Fi Rush, yeah. Yeah, like completely polished to... Yeah. I, I don't even good. know the phrase, but it's just polished to hell. Like, it, like, ran beautifully, looks beautiful. People loved it. I mean, it's like... And then this, I think the same studio, Tango, they have another game that's being bashed for, for technical difficulties. And it's like, how is this the same studio? It's like, well, studios have different development teams and yeah. lines and they do things differently. But, like, it is possible to do it. I think it... It budget might be one of those things. Development yeah. time, process. I don't know. It's an interesting question. You know what I think we need is I don't know, maybe they do this at GDC, but my impression is that GDC is more lectures than anything. I would love to see like panels, you know, like study panels where you get game designers and tech leads from different companies just talking and trying to, you know, think it through and come up with different uh, ideas and processes and talking Actual about the challenges solutions. of game development yeah, yeah. the, the, the problem people the are brilliant is that is, i think they come up with something is that a lot of people don't want to share their trade secrets they're like oh no i i solved this you guys need to sort <laughs> it out it's like hey this is not my problem i'm making lot boku bucks with this solution that i've yeah. came up with and uh you guys need to handle your own stuff unfortunately it's like every I, every man got, for himself in the industry yeah i'm not a programmer i studied it um, self-studied programming on the side for fun but even just trying to make a simple application for that runs on a few different types of systems I have massive respect for companies that can try to get that shit because it's insane yeah it's so hard especially if you get like crossplay involved or anything yeah so I am kind of interested to seeing like for all games that have an exclusive either window or pure off exclusivity I would say probably exclusivity in general not a window like when a developer like the Monster Hunter team, right? When they say, okay, we're going to make a game for the DS or the 3DS. And that wasn't, as far as I know, that wasn't even a deal with Nintendo. It was just them choosing hardware. Like they're able to focus on one set of specs and just nail it. Like, because they don't have to test all these other things. Yeah. I kind of wonder if you put up all the AAA games that if they are exclusive to one console, is their performance on average better because they were able to focus on one config or not? I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure it would be, but it's not necessarily something that we should. Yeah, want. I would want. No, 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 no. I don't. <laughs> yeah, want I, I want to make that clear because people are like, "Oh my God, are they advocating for more exclusive?" No, <laughs> it's no. like no. Hell no. Our stance on you know, that and is and like. On a positive every... note, there was. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, there was go like ahead. a tweet I saw the other day where apparently there was an interview with uh, Diozo Tsujimoto's brother because you know that's a family business. I don't know how many people yeah. know that, but like. Him, his brother, his father, his uncle, like grandfather, they're all in the company running it. So where he was talking about the key to future titles being performant is to have cross play and that they intend to 
have that as a staple in general for the entire company. I'm oh, like, when was when was this interview? Are they are they hinting at possible crossplay in Monster Hunter? But well, it was a really interesting comment I saw. I should have saved it so I can actually tell you exactly where and when and what it was. But uh, like, oh, damn. I saw that. I was like, that's really good because remember they made a pledge a few years ago during one of their financial things, saying that half of our sales in the next two years are going to be PC. Yeah, yeah. And they said, we are embracing it hardcore. And as far as I know, of all the companies that are coming up with games and having PC issues, Capcom in general is not one of them. Yeah, or I, I could be wrong. I, mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I know that they've had some issues with certain configurations like in Monster Hunter World, but it was like when you compare it to, for instance, Jedi Survivor, it was nowhere close to the same level of problems. The biggest issue that I still have with them is the fact that they still use the Nuvo, but everybody uses the Nuvo in the industry, yeah. which is very frustrating. It's like this this cancer that's like attached to the game, and then they have to like give the game some chemotherapy to remove it later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder if... <clears throat> I mean, what I've heard is that the Nuvo or those types of protections are basically for the first two days of sales. Because that's where the majority of people uh, will, will buy it. They will not wait three days to to get a pirated version. Yeah. They'll just buy it and play it. Like, is there I a think, way that you just say like more... first two weeks de novo and then pull it out? I don't know. Like, I think it's more just... for like the first month at least, and then mm. and then usually they start thinking about pulling it out. I don't know if they ever pulled it out of Monster Hunter World or not, but yeah, yeah. it's just I it's hate just... those solutions. But it's like you look at the crap that's going on on the internet, and it's hard to. You could see both sides, right? Like some guy just leaked the entire freaking Super Mario movie on Twitter because he could. Yeah, I saw that. And I was should... like, what the yeah. crap? Did... I mean, I was looking at that. I was like, wait a minute. This is actually, I already saw the movie at the theater. So I just like scrolled a little bit to see it. I'm like, yeah, this is the whole goddamn movie. Like what is going on? This is wild. Yeah. So it's like, and then you got the whole Zelda issue going on, right? Like two weeks beforehand because of physical distribution, someone got their hands on it. Of course, it wasn't just some kid who will just play it and enjoy it a little bit earlier than ever. We know it's got to be someone who rips it and puts it online yep. and shares it. And then you got, you know, sites like Kotaku, and that's a whole other subject where they're, oh they're like, my hey, God. let's, hey, we've learned a lot from this. And they're like spoiling everything. Like, absolutely Dude, no. We can, we can like, talk uh, about Kotaku, though, because I've actually Jesus. seen, a, I've been seeing a couple, a little bit of coverage on that whole situation where Kotaku's mad. Because at one point they made an article that caused Nintendo to blacklist them. You know what the article was about? What? It was basically on, I don't know if it was on release day or even before release day of Metroid Dread. They just straight up said, hey, guys, this game runs amazing when emulated. It was like... Bro, this oh, is I remember that. Yeah, we're literally in 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 the launch window of this game. Like, what do you mean? See, there's. I don't know if it's necessarily revenge. I think it's also a philosophical. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm not saying it's issue I'm not saying with it's, Kotaku because I'm not saying it's revenge. Oh, I thought you were talking about Nintendo. I'm sorry. Uh, keep, keep going. Keep going. No, no, no. About Nintendo, I like. There's Kotaku's had issues. Even I've gotten into like some grounded arguments and just debates with some of their editors on Twitter but and it's fine we just have a different position like there's yeah. there's people in like news that say hey I don't care if it's bad if it's harmful if it's anti-consumer anti-industry 
if there's something that's leaked and something that's newsworthy, quote, quote, we're going to cover it. And to me, that's just uh, what, what's the word in English? Um, opportunist and exploitive. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And the thing is, like, they I think they have this mentality of like, hey, if it's newsworthy, we're going to cover it. If we don't, someone else will. I'm like, that's but the thing is, is like, yes, you don't work for the companies, right? Like you don't work for Nintendo. You have no you don't need to. But the thing is, is you are in the industry. I think of like, you know, sports reporters like like it or not, the industry is what gives makes you have a job, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, pretty much. It, it's your service is to the gamers, to the readers. And I would say that the majority of readers would not want them to be talking about, hey, the, the, the leaked full version of the game reveals a lot about it. Yeah, it reveals everything because it's the game. You because idiots. it's it's, it's the like, full game, duh. Yeah, and, and then you're just going to start plumping that stuff out there for easier distribution and knowledge. Most gamers don't want that, obviously. And publishers obviously see, don't want that. And I just think it's just stupid. See, that's that's one part where I kind of disagree with you. Unfortunately, most gamers... Do want that it's just what? a major it's just a majority of our audience doesn't want that because that is i feel like that's kind of the audience that we've built where we usually don't report on leaks specifically when it comes to monster hunter in particular we're like no listen yeah. we want we want Never the team will. to release the stuff when it's ready so that you can get those wow moments like when we got fatalis like oh by the way fatalis boom like that was awesome i don't remember if that was leaked or not because i avoided the crap out of every single leak when it comes to monster hunter so when it comes to our audience i feel like a majority of them don't want the leaks but when it comes to the gaming community as a whole you'd figure if people didn't want the leaks they wouldn't go out and look for them but unfortunately there's that culture where people nowadays they they need all of the information right now what is happening right now when's the moment that this is valuable right now and yeah, that I usually just, reflects know. on like youtube views and article clicks and stuff like that so there's definitely people out there that mm. want to see those leaks and they want to get that information the second that it's available and it, it kind of sucks because it does generate yeah. this industry where websites like kotaku just going like hey i'm you know you guys aren't talking to us anyway we're blacklisted from news or whatever and they, they they complained about it too you know about that they made an article yeah 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 where they were like, well, we'd love to give you a preview of Tears of the Kingdom, but we didn't have access. And it's like, guess what, Kotaku? I used to have access to Nintendo games early as well. I don't have access to Nintendo games anymore. You want to know why? Because leaks. That's why. Yeah. It's just sad because like, I used to enjoy Kotaku way back when, and now I do not go on that site. I just see them pop up on Twitter, and I'm like, okay, what do they do now? And I just, you know, it's all in the court of public opinion. People decide, but I think companies in an industry need integrity i just yeah. think that there's certain things that just because you can and this whole like against the establishment we don't work for them we owe them nothing uh, yeah but you owe the gamers integrity come on man yeah <laughs> like st stop being dicks it, it's it's so. it's just a, a weird situation overall but you know it's kotaku so i can't really say that i'm particularly surprised that this has happened I don't even know how I got a sidetracked on this topic. <laughs> that's, that's what were we talking about? I don't, I don't know. know. We're talking about performance, and then we somehow drifted off into Tears of the Kingdom. But that's all good. I did wanted to bring something up in terms of um in terms of performance, which is something that I've uh, I've noticed uh, specifically when it comes to the Gunlands to kind of like bring us back into Monster Hunter because <laughs> um 
I was looking at, uh, I always like to follow what Ryu is doing, the the speedrunner, because he's like, yeah. as far as I'm aware, he's like the best Gunland speedrunner out there, and he's got mad skills. So I look at the stuff that he's doing, and one of the things that I've uh, come to the, the sad realization is that the frame rate limits what you can actually do with the Gunlands in a way that makes me really sad. So like, to give you an idea, when you do... Um, reverse blast dash, which is a thing where he just like thrusts backwards with his shield or whatever. So basically, kind of reverse it the same way that you do the, um, you know, the long back hop back in the day. You turn around away from the monster, then Man. you jump backwards twice. We do the same thing to do reverse blast dash, but because of the input timing and the frame rate, for instance, at 60 FPS, I'll be able to do the slam much faster. Then I can do it at 30. Like I can literally mm. press the button to do reverse blast dash. And the moment the animation begins, I'm slamming the button to do the slam. And it will only have come you, off after it travels a certain game? distance. What? Have you taken the PC game and limited it to 30 FPS to see if you can recreate that on the same platform? I'm kind of mm, curious if it might be a platform difference of response time, right? Maybe the response time is just much better on the PC version. So if you put the PC version to 30 FPS and try it, see what happens, that would be, yeah, might be interesting to test. I, I Actually, I, I kind of do want to test. I didn't think about that. I was thinking about, <laughs> oh, but at 60 FPS, I'm because like I'm able, I'm, the point is, if you're close enough to the monster, right, and you just want to, because this is what I would see Ryu do, and this is something that I've done on PC as well. Like you're sitting right next to the monster's head, and you just go like reverse blast dash, slam full burst. And on Switch... It is really hard to pull that move off, and it is doubly hard yeah. if instead of using reverse blast dash, you're using like regular blast dash, and it's even harder if you're trying to do that and then shell mid air into hail cutter, which is another really yeah. neat trick that we get to do. It's just like the response time. Yeah, Ugh. I mean, remember when Generations Ultimate came out? Both me and you were experiencing input lag. It was something that we we felt. If you remember it, I don't know. Maybe you don't. It's been it's been a or maybe, long time. Or maybe it wasn't you. It was someone else I was talking to. It might it might have been somebody I else. I don't remember this. Yeah. Or even Rise. I think I don't know. I'm confused. But yeah, I would test it and see if it's a, a system thing or if it's an actual FPS thing because it it might not be FPS related. Interesting. But either way, that that's, sucks that's to hear. Point. Yeah, but it's like at the end of the day, it doesn't bother me too much. It's just like something that I'm like I'm a little bit limited here. And that that's kind of like the one thing that I could that I could point mm. to it recently because I'm like I'm, you know I did do a bit of anomaly grind. I'm at the 221 right now. How high? Excuse me. How high are you right now in the game? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna thrust this into the main topic soon. I see. I yeah, am I mean, I'm, yeah, see, you're you're I'm winning. You're winning. See, guys, Gaijin just overtook me in anomaly uh, research rank. Damn, dude. <laughs> Gaijin's been gaming recently. Gaming, a whole lot. Is. <laughs> so, do, is this the segue to jump into the larger topic? Well, now that you, is, now that you've mentioned it, it's like, it's, yes. you, you want to hold up a sign? I, <laughs> I was trying to make it natural, Kaijin. <laughs> what have you done? Sorry. You, 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 you smashed my segue with I'm a like sledgehammer. I'm like the old man who makes the joke and says, no pun intended. Or you see what I did there? <laughs> It's like, I thought you were playing Sword and Shield. Turns out you're actually maining Hammer right now, the way that you smashed my Segway. <laughs> 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 
I boosted it. <laughs> I elevated on a pedestal. <laughs> look at this lovely boost. Look, look at what we're <laughs> Look at this natural conversation <laughs> flow. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Oh my god. You know what? It was probably the discussion of Kotaku, and my brain just wanted to run away from it in the opposite direction. So <laughs> my brain is like, let's talk about Monster Hunter Endgame. <laughs> oh, yeah. But okay. So yeah. Um, Bring us in. I guess. So people understand I had not been playing Sunbreak for quite some time, uh, mostly because of my twofold addiction to FF14 and also just general burnout because I had played so much Monster Hunter over a span of several years that I really burnt myself out. Um, so I was sitting at, uh, I have some notes here. So like on April 20th, I was sitting at Master Rank 56, which I think is respectable. Uh, and an anomaly rank of twenty three, which means I did like probably two or three that's, quests. That's when know. we did. That's when we did our very first uh, hunt yeah, when exactly. you came back. Yeah, yeah, we kicked it off with with a play between me and Vuri, which was very fun, as it always <laughs> is. And for basically eleven days, I think it's been since then, I played about a hundred hours. So about eleven hours per day, I've been playing. Uh, I've been grinding the living shit out of this game. So now after putting in about 100 hours because of title update 5 and some of the changes they've made, I'm now master rank 200. So I'm ready for the next update. And my anomaly rank is 222. So I feel good now where I'm stopping until June. I got to play with a bunch of weapons, uh, make a bunch of sets, and I have a more informed opinion now about the end game and where it stands and my my feelings on it and also what I feel about when it comes to the grind because I've been very critical about the game and some of those things are lessened some are enforced it, it's it's a little bit back and forth but I thought it might be fun to talk about the entire end game because this reminds me of like Monster Hunter Iceborne where I played the game loved it to death I was not feeling the the, the grinding plans. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling it. It's it just didn't click for me. It didn't make sense to me. It felt too grindy. And I was like, I can care less about just getting augments. You know, like I'm out. And but then See, I came I think, back. I think that the guiding but, lands, one of one of the things about it is that it was a lot more manageable if you were playing with friends because you could assign different areas of the guiding lands to different friends. And then you would yeah. always have a certain area available to you whenever you needed it. So I knew, okay, if I need the whatever the swamp area was, I need to go play with my friend Wada. If I need the, I think uh, Kegrin was doing the Coral Highlands or whatever. So if I need the Coral area, uh, Kegrin yeah. comes in. And if they needed like the Ancient Forest, I was doing Ancient Forest and another one, I forget which one it was. But if they needed the Ancient Forest, they came to me at a certain point. I even remember that G-Rank Rupeku was asking people for the Ancient Forest. And I was like, hey, come in. I got the Ancient Forest. I got you covered. So I feel like that was the team's intention. But a lot of people yeah. still play Monster Hunter more as a single player game. And for yeah. those people, that sucked because you would not have access to certain areas unless you were willing to regrind it all over again, which was very frustrating. Yeah. So I remember coming back to that, like, I think it was six months or nine months or something afterwards and i really loved it and i went all the way to like fatalis was what you know and elatrion motivated me to do that and i had a really good time and i ended up walking away with 
a generally really good vibe. So I'm really happy that I didn't force it when I wasn't feeling it. Um, and the same thing I think can be said here in some regards. It's a little similar, but in some ways not. Um, but I have some lists. I have I have a lot of notes here that I want to talk about Ooh, um, just me. with the endgame system in general. Um, I, I will save the overall comments for last because I think there's nuance to them to just say, well, in the end, I, I think this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, no, there's. Let, let's there's get into the nitty why. gritty. Yeah. <clears throat> so one thing that I felt was that the end game system for this is really a combination of the four end game systems that they've created in the past. They they were trying to find a way to fuse them together. And the reason I say that is I'll go through all four different ones. So Monster Hunter 4U was really like the first game we had an end game, right? With the guild quests that would go up. Um, so the guild quests were great. Like you, you, you had, you know, a guild quest that you, you got and you would level it up. And at certain tiers, it would unlock new grades of materials were and those... weapons and stuff that you can get. Were those also like generated or were those actual quests that you would get? Were they no, genera generated? Okay, so the same way that we have investigations, kind of. Yeah. Yes. Now, the one thing they, that I hated about that system, there's things I didn't like about it and I won't go into that, but the one thing I wish they would have had was it only leveled up for the host back then. Um, and they were the ones with the quest, right? It was sort of like the Deviant system, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is I discovered, and people may not know this, but at least how it is right now in Monster Hunter Sunbreak, if you were to post a quest and I was a lower level than that quest, I get a copy of it at the end of it. Yeah, every I don't know time. why the game doesn't communicate that because I don't remember it ever communicating that. That is awesome. It is important to mention like, you get a copy of that quest, but not at the same level. You get a copy of that quest. At yeah, like yeah, 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 of course. Your, your, level. your own your own appropriate level. So because the reason I say this, guys, it's because sometimes I would have like, let's say Gaijin was at uh, past 121. Now just straight up host a 140 quest because at 121, you can play quests all the way up to 140. And that would just give him like a massive boost. And but but it's yeah. like. People will say, "Oh, so Rurikon Boozer is like, no, I must, I might have played with you like, I don't know, five, six quests, something like that. Out of the whole grind, it might have been like five, six quests total where I've done this. Everything else, Gadget was just like grinding solo or multiplayer. Yeah, I was I just, I, and I'll get into how that worked, but I mean, there's some changes that they made that made that possible. But I mean, I guess the way that it works now is like, you know, I, I like, I wish it was better defined, but like, there's three tiers, just like the um, guild quests where. This level to this level, this is the type of items you're going to get. And then once you break a threshold, like, for example, like an A1 through an A4 monster, right? Like the most basic of basics. They have set materials that they'll give you, just like the, the Guiding Lands. But what I really love about this is that the Guiding Lands only gives you augment materials. You don't really fight those monsters to farm their parts to make armor. But here you can do two in one shot. Yeah. You can farm the monsters, get materials, and you get the special materials for the augment system. So like the A1 to A4 monsters, like level 1 to 30, there's a set amount of you know special materials you might gain. And then from 31 to 100, it, it goes up a grade. I don't think the game does a very good job of communicating that. Uh, especially like, hey, this is now a grade 2 tier. Like, these are the items you're going to get yeah. now. I know there, the, the info is there, it's just not curated. And then um, from 101 onward, it's tier three. That's that's why I would always recommend people, A, keep 
keep tabs on Gaudium 17's Twitter. She's got the hookup. She's she's doing like all of these pretty images with all the materials and all the ranks. So and good. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I want. That thing is amazing. Yeah. Just put that in the just put that in the game somehow. You know, and yeah. we're all good. <laughs> um, and so like there's different tiers, and then as you get up to the higher ones, right now I think the highest is A9 Monsters, which is Risen Shaggy and Risen Valstrax Crimson Grow. And their ones is like 131 to 200, 201 to 240. And then for the very final, final stuff, it's 241 to 300, which is the cap. I wish the game would communicate that better because once I started to really understand that, it started to click a little bit better for me. Like, oh, okay. So I'm literally just hunting for specific items, like to unlock the slots on a weapon. I need this and that. Okay, I'm going to go find this quest and this quest, and I don't care what monster it is. The thing that they changed, and I thought this was brilliant and I didn't realize it was new, is that you can, because I'm playing solo all the time, but online yeah. with randos, you can go to the quest board and search for an anomaly quest by material you want. Yeah, see, that that's something You can say, that... hey, I need an afflicted bone plus, and boom, it'll put the range in. It'll put all the monsters specifically to which ones give it. You can even look at it and it informs you. And you can just jump into a room that gives it. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, I, th I think that they've added that with uh, Title Update 5. I'm pretty sure that that was what... Because yeah. I don't remember whenever I was grinding before, I don't remember ever seeing that. When I noticed that, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually really cool. Because now you can literally go up to the smithy and be like, I want yeah. this material. And then go up to the quest board and be like, I want this material. And it'll just like, it. just give me a quest. Just Boop. give me a quest to go and get And this it. is... This made me feel, and you can, this is what made the grind enjoyable for me. Because like I used yeah. to say, I like the grocery list of like, I want to get this, I want to get that. And there's a clear road to victory that's not RNG dependent. This is it. Like you may yeah. not get all the ones, you might not do two of them. But in general, this is a grocery list system. I think it's great. Yeah, I think that the big thing that they could potentially do is like when you're at the blacksmith, right? And you see the materials, some of the materials are not going to be in your list that you can choose because they're higher level but there's yeah, no way in the game for you to know so like in the game there should be some type of communication like oh by the way not you don't available. have access you don't have access to these not yet, locked, yeah they don't even have to tell you what level you get them at unlock just say, i think that would be even better though like if it, it just would, said it would unlock cool. it ar220 like that'd be 220 sweet. yeah so, something like that but if they don't do that just they could just have like you know how they have on the top right hand corner raise your master rank to continue whenever you're they could just say yeah. that in the blacksmith be like raise your anomaly rank to unrock this material maybe they wouldn't even tell you what the material was it'd just be like raise your anomaly rank to unlock this material i mean it would be yeah. better if they would just straight up say raise your anomaly rank to 221 to unlock this material but if not at least just say raise it because otherwise you see for instance at the at this point we're both at the end and you'll be like Risen slog bone and risen elder thick blood, yeah. whatever it is. And one it's is like, available okay. at two twenty, and one's two forty one. Yeah, exactly. Know. Like these are two these are available at two different thresholds. I would never know that. That's when the next one becomes available. There's nothing in the game that actually tells you that, as far as I'm aware. <clears throat> yeah. So once again, we'll put the plug. Gaudium zero one seven. Yeah, Gaudium zero one seven on Twitter. <laughs> God bless you. So I got two more thoughts about the tiering system. One is right now I'm enjoying what they've been doing is they, they release a tier 
then they they boost a little bit, not quite up to that tier, but they boost everything to a certain point before that tier. Then they yeah. came up with another title update and they boosted the stuff up to another point. And so they always are forcing people who want to be in the frontier of it to really be grinding the hell out of the game to get their rewards for, I don't know, a few months of prestige before it becomes easier, which I guess probably makes some people happy. But the grind is just ridiculous, in my opinion, that yeah. I never I never wanted to do it. I hated it. So right now they're given a 400% boost up to the 220 and I feel that this doesn't this is more of a fix to me. It doesn't feel like a feature. I think where it is right now at 400% feels right. Maybe in the early levels it's a little too fast cuz you can blow past through 1 and 30 really really fast and they can tune that. But in general, I think around, you know, 150 cuz once you get to 100 it's very easy, right? But 100 to 200 is kind of a grind. 220 is quite a grind. But the thing is like the way it is now with the 400% boost, you're getting about 1.3, 1.4 levels worth. If you do a really hard quest, you get about two levels worth. That feels right. I think that's how it should have been from the start. And I when think it- I was when I was initially leveling, I remember getting like those hunts that would. For starters, I got one hunt at one point of the progression, which was the most perfect thing. This was on PC. And I had a Pyre, I don't know if it was a Pyre Ragnar, I think it was a Pyre Ragnarokadaki because she was like a higher anomaly tier, right? So I had the Pyre Ragnarokadaki <clears throat> with one feint, and it was like 25 minutes. It had like these two Every modifiers. Like, this one. is great. I'm like, this is fantastic. This high is risk, exactly what I want. It's not even high risk because for the Gunlands, Pyre Ragnarokadaki is giga easy. It's not even a challenge at all. So I'd go in there, and the, the good thing about Rock Nikodaki is that you get a lot of part breaks. And so that part generates breaks. even more points. So you have all of these fantastic conditions. And even under the most ideal conditions, with the quest at its highest level, there was a point at which that quest was the best quest that you could possibly use, unless you had like maybe a quest similar to that, and that was the request. Because like the request system has also changed drastically. Very drastic. Because, oh, like, like, right now, you're getting request bonuses for every quest you do, pretty much. It didn't used to be like that. Because right now, the request system utilizes both the level and a target monster. Whereas before, it used to be just the target monster. And the, the huh. so, so, so it's like, even if you, I mean, it was the level and the target monsters. Like right now, it's either or, whereas it used to be an and condition. So it has to be this monster at this level. And that was the only time. So if you were to get like something with the similar modifiers that I had and it was the request, then you would be able to get a little bit more points than I was getting. But besides that, that quest that I had was the best possible quest I could have had to grind. And at the rate Mm. that I was leveling, you want to know how much that was? How much? It was about 30% of a level. Oh God, like 700 points? I, I don't know how many points it was. I can tell you it was about a third of a level. Uh, and I wasn't even like at the last stretch of the grind. I, I don't remember if the grind ended at 60 or at 80, but at the beginning it ended at like one of those numbers that either ended at 60 or ended at 80. And I was probably around, if it ended at 60, then I was at 40. And if it ended at 80, I was at 60. But I was like, I remember I was about 20 levels from hitting the cap. And it was one third of a level per kill on this high risk quest 
with all of the stuff with me breaking yeah. every single bone in this Rock Nikodaki's body. I mean, especially coming from FF14, like I could see this is a system that's generally applied to a games as a service model, a subscription yep. service, right? You want to have people playing a lot. So it's like FF14 in a way where like you have to do savages with no minimum eye level. It's a pain in the butt. Like right now, people who are doing 241 to 300, that's a hard grind. And yes. as a reward, they're gaining access to a few decorations and some stuff that you normally can't get, like attack ones or something. That makes total sense in a live service game because you want the hardcore players to get things earlier so that they can take on the higher challenges to get the things that are really shiny that they can show off and feel good about. And and then you have a catch-up mechanic where, like, okay, in the next patch, we're going to make it a little bit easier for everybody to get to one tier prior to that, and then we're going to unlock one new tier that's really hard to grind. So the thing is, like, Monster Hunter's not... I don't know what I, I know that the director is from Frontier and probably a lot of the development staff as well, but it's like I don't agree with the idea that Sunbreak should be designed as a for game retention, like playing see? every day. Like I, I just don't think that's the right move, personally. And see how that that is the 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 idea that I tried to to, to posit to you in the in the last podcast where I said, see what this incentivizes is for people to basically just skip all of the title updates until you get to the Come end. Come back into the end. I mean, it, because this is not a subscription-based service, you can also just like, oh, there's a new d update coming out. Let me grind out the stuff that came out on the previous update because it's easier now. And then you're like, okay, but I'm not going to grind the stuff that actually came out in this update. I'm going to wait for the yeah. next update. And then I grind. So you wait for title update two to grind title update one. Then you wait for title update one, three yeah. to grind title... And because it, it is unpleasant. And I understand there's a lot of really hardcore players in, in, in our communities because I see a lot of people just saying, look, you guys want to play the end game. Nobody's forcing you. You don't have to. I love this. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, see, the, the issue there is like, I think that would be okay. But what bothers me is I don't get to actually do the most challenging content. I've never been able to. And it's very frustrating yeah. because this I said- This is why it, we need- an online game for Monster Hunter. I don't, I mean, Frontier obviously didn't work overseas. I don't even think they even released it overseas. And it was built on really old tech. Yeah. But like, it would be nice There's to have an online Monster Hunter game. It. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I think it'd the, be good, especially for streamers. It would be pretty sweet to watch and see some of the yeah. stuff that you can do. It'd be awesome. Because the, the thing to me is, ever since they started this anomaly system, I've always been on this quest and I've talked about it often, which is like the cursed quest. I want to go and like reach cap and I want to find the most difficult quest that you can possibly imagine. And it's just like, I, I haven't been able to hit the cap ever. I've yeah. never hit the cap because it is way too grind in. And an interesting thing is a lot of people like, come on, Murakan, you do this for a living. You should, it's like, listen, I don't sit, at the office and play monster hunter all day like if i was to do that you wouldn't see videos like this you wouldn't see any yeah. of the videos go up on the channel because i'd be sitting at the office playing monster hunter all day when people understand i actually end up playing less than a lot of people play video games because i'm usually focused on creating content figuring out okay what's the next video yeah. i'm going to work on all of these things but while I have a lot of time to grind, people think like, why don't you just stream it? It's like, because it's not the most entertaining thing to see or even the most entertaining thing to comment on, me murdering a Rachna Kadaki a hundred times in a row. 
Like nobody actually yeah. wants to watch that. You think you do. Let me tell you, you don't. And and I don't want yeah. I don't want to commentate it either. It's like, hey guys, here we go. Attempt number, uh, not even attempt. It's like run number 150 of this poor Rock Nakadaki that's sitting in a corner with PTSD at this point. Because here comes the big mean Gunlance man to break every friggin' bone in my body again for one third of a level in his anomaly research rank. Like, this is yeah, not necessarily so, entertaining content. Yes, I would say that for the tiering, to bring it back to a positive note, <laughs> I am happy that they're they're boosting it. And it is a really good time, I think, right now to try to grind up to 220. Yeah. The 400% feels right. It doesn't feel like cheating. To, there are, there are, there are newbie gains. You should go to 221 because that's where the threshold oh, unlocks. Yeah. The, the thresholds always go on the one yeah, above yeah. The, the thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah so it 221, is but the, the 400 boost feels right. There's newbie gains in the beginning that makes it feel unfair. Like, wow, man, how did I gain so many levels? Like, I just gained 30 yeah. levels. What the hell? <laughs> but once you start getting into the hundreds, it starts to feel, you know, back down to earth. You know, like one a level or 1.5 hunts a level feels right especially when you're going to the level such as 200s and stuff i think that's fair so i love what they did with the boost and i i just i don't know how it is on the console versions i don't know if you know like if they've added that boost they probably didn't because this feels very designed oh you mean so you I'm mean on the on the playstation and xbox versions. yeah yeah uh, yeah, I'm assuming they, they don't get. I mean, they're on they're on title update three, so they would get the boost for all of the content oh, up to title update two. I would imagine two. So. Yeah, uh, a shame. I mean, June's just around the corner, so if I was on that system, I actually would not feel bad about just playing it to the end game and then just stop playing until June and when you get yeah. title update five, because that will be a much more enjoyable experience. I mean, in my opinion, at, if you at want the to end go of the day, it, I mean. at the end of the day, it's one of those things. If you're having fun. Keep at it, Have keep fun. grinding, enjoy it. It's, we're not telling yep. you not to play the game. I want to make that perfectly clear. As long as you're having fun, do it. What we are saying, though, is if you get to that end game and you begin to feel that burnout and you're like, oh, my God. Like like I said, I was getting like one-third of a level. It's like if you get to yeah, that point where you're just it. like, oh, my God, th this has taken way too long to level, stop, wait for June, play later. like that, Because yeah. that way you don't burn out. You carry on that freshness that you have for the game. You can play something else in between, and then you come back and you play it, and you're much more refreshed. And this is one of the reasons yeah. why I haven't gone past, like, 221 that much is because, like, the only times I've played was when I was playing with Gaijin because that's fun, but grinding by myself, I'm like, bro, I'm not going to... I really want to. I want to do those special investigations with the really high modifiers and all of that stuff, but it's too many hours. It's just too much. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to add, just because we're talking about the tier system, and I think to me this is intertwined. Before I go to the other three points, yeah, yeah. which is we were talking a lot in, in in depth, and I won't go through it too much here about our thoughts on the upgrading armor and how you know, yeah, you might have a huge stock of spheres, but if you play with multiple sets and experiment, you're going to run out of both that and Zenny pretty fast. Zenny has lots of ways to get it. Armor spheres, not so much. Like, yes, you can eat for summoner which will bring all the lizard rock lizards and you can go on a rock lizard get 24 drops and with about two hours you'll get enough to fully upgrade one set but that's a lot of grind the thing is is it's too much there you know what i i think there's a really elegant solution here that they missed which is the if you tell me my armor is level one out of 29 
my immediately thought is I want to get it to 29. This is my main set right now. Yeah. The thing is, is that these levels were actually tied to the damage that was being dealt by the, the level of cap of the anomaly monsters that they were given upgrades to each one. So when they raised the level cap, what they were doing was raising the defense level cap to be more appropriate for that new tier of monsters in the anomaly levels. What they should have done, I think, is, for example, let's say, you know, you upgrade your armor to max for master rank endgame, right? At that point, they add in A1 monsters or A2 monsters. You have, you know how they have, like, that one material that you, like, for upgrading the slots in the weapon, right? Where it's a yes. material that you can only get at anomaly level 31. Just have one of those. Just put one of those on the unlock requirement to then increase your armor by another, what is it? So what you're saying five is, levels? like... What you're saying is like you should have tied the armor level to the yeah because it is tied, but they didn't yeah but these it's like the, it the is. problem is it is there's, tied though the problem is that there's already too much that is tied to anomaly research rank I think the the biggest problem that we actually have in the game is the fact that you have two ranks you have to raise two ranks it's too much it's like you have yeah, I agree but your, I, your master just, rank I, and you have your anomaly research rank and it's like no there needs to be one rank. Like, there's one rank, make it go up slower, okay? Make it so that it's harder. If people want to get to 999, it's going to take you longer. It is what it is. But it's like, have one thing that you're working towards because mm -hmm. then you're, you know, because, like, you, you also get into a situation where both of us were, because I came back to the Switch and you came back to the Switch as well, and both of us were in this situation where it's like, I can't even fight the latest monsters in the game because I need to raise my master rank but I also need to raise the anomaly research rank and doing anomaly research is not the best way to raise the master rank and doing master yeah. rank has no impact on anomaly research. And you're just like, you're constantly divided by, Oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that is, I don't know. You're getting pulled in all kinds of different directions. That's the way that I, yeah, think. I agree that I, that doesn't feel as well planned out, but I think the armor system would have been less frustrating for me if they would have tied it to, like, even then you could do a catch-up mechanic, right? Like, imagine there is the, uh, let's say the A6 upgrade for your armor would be from, like, level 71 you unlock it, or 111 or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You unlock two levels. Like, maybe they could have a, a catch-up system where if you have an armor piece you just made and you've got a material from an A6 hunt, you can use that to just jump to that level of defense. Like, there's, there's, there's other ways they could have made it just nicer, I think. Because right now, we, I got really frustrated with wanting to get my armor upgraded at least halfway. But with the amount of weapons and sets that we use, uh, unless I'm going on 10-hour grinds on rock lizards, the optional quests cannot keep up. Uh, and all the, you know, getting five or six king spheres a hunt is not enough for me to keep up multiple sets. It's just not. So I think my frustration was more at... Everyone's like, well, you don't need that much. Well, how would you know that? The game doesn't really communicate to you what is the what is a good defense yeah, to have at this level. It like, doesn't really tell you. It's I feel like a lot of the of the players who kept playing the game and kept like, you know, grinding, they're like, hey, this seems well, like a you problem. It. I have I have a million armor spheres, so this is clearly a you problem. And it's like, well, no, because it's like you're eventually gonna run out too. You've just probably been playing with the same set. And that's that, because if you go into upgrade, 
couple more sets, you're going to completely run out of spheres. Yeah, well, also those who have been putting in, you know, several hundred hours throughout all of this, of course, they're going to have a lot. So I think that's more of a kudos to them than a dig on us that they have so many. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, but it's... I don't know, it's just a, a random thought I had with the tiering system. Because like you said, it's there's a lot of mismatches, right? Like I was farming and fighting Risen Shigaru, but I couldn't make it set because the set required me to have my... I had to get the master rank to get the, the special gem that they give you for that quest. But I can't fight it in master rank. I have to fight it in anomaly, so, and it's just like so. Wait, you don't. But you get the rise gems in anomaly. Only at a certain level. At a, an earlier level, oh. when you first unlock it, you don't get them. And so I had to raise my master rank to get those. And then after I was grinding more and more of the anomaly, then I started gaining them as well. And I'm See, like, that, oh. I think that's. I think that's. Really it's weird. <laughs> so you're fighting Risen Shigaru, and there's no chance of him dropping gems. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. That is but very anyway, weird. that that's in that long section, that's how I compared it to the for you endgame system. So I'll move on to Mechanic 2, where I think they took the system of Generations Ultimate, which was Hyper Monsters, um, which is a fantastic idea. I love the idea that you have a monster and a certain part of its body, because a lot of people just hit the monster wherever until it dies, right? And for most of us who love the beautiful game a little bit more, we care I have, about I have no hitting idea what specific body about. parts. <laughs> well, when you have L a weapon listen, that can ignore weak spots. Whenever, whenever my weapon makes explosions, then the, the damage number is yellow. That This is good, yes? <laughs> There's yellow damage number. This is good. It makes brain um, chemicals go very nice, yes? The yellow damage number everywhere is very nice. No, I, <laughs> I do. In, in all honesty, I do shoot for the curious spots. I do aim for them so that I can, yeah. you know, you get, you get huge damage bursts if you go. Yeah. The so the things that I loved about the hyper system, which is by far my favorite end game system and the one that I engaged with the most, people would argue that it wasn't the end game and that it was just a, it was more like tempered where the actual end game was the deviance. But I, to me, hyper was the end game because that's, where I spent all my time. Um, the reason why I love the hyper system was there would be very limited, you know, like two spots on a monster, right? So let's say you're and, going and up against way, the Mizutsune. Before, but before, before we go for that, I just want to like make it very clear to people what is the hyper system because some people are going to be like, what? Yeah, that's some what people I was, haven't that was played. Gonna explain, you're, you're yeah. gonna, oh, okay, you're going to explain. I'm sorry. Keep going then. Yeah, so the hyper system was you'd have a monster that had, I think it had generally the same or more health, but the, the big difference of it was like one or two body parts on that monster would be glowing at any given time. So let's say you're going up against a Mizutsune and its teeth and its tail were glowing. Like you would actually see like a yellow glow on it. What that I think it meant was, red. was... Pretty sure it was red. Maybe it was red. I don't know. I, I, I'm probably thinking yellow because that, that was the gauge buildup, but... Um, the idea was, let's say, if its tail is glowing, that tail is both a high-risk, high-opportunity thing because the attacks from the tail would do like 1.5 times damage, if not double damage, like a lot of damage because it was powered up. But if you hit that spot, you wouldn't get extra damage. Like it wouldn't, Otherwise, it becomes like hit that spot or spend 50 minutes killing the monster, which is the problem we're going to talk about. But... For that, it gave you gauge to do special attacks. And you could still whiff on your special attacks easily. So it wasn't, it was just giving you the opportunity to exploit your expertise at the weapon. 
So you were able to get these, the, it's like, imagine if it was a wire bug and you hit the tail, which was dangerous to be near, and it would slowly, it would like increase your recovery for that. So you could do another skill. That was the trade-off, but they hit really hard. Like if you had a silver Rathalos with a glowing mouth and he hit you with a fireball, you're dead. It's a one shot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because you know that's ex- his strongest I've experienced attack. that and he's powered times. up. <laughs> I know. So the hyper system I loved because not only was it high risk, high reward, you didn't get a faster kill time necessarily by hitting those parts unless you were really good at using those extra um, hunter arts hunter to arts, do more yeah. damage. So if you were really skilled, it was a way to make the hunts faster and more dynamic, but it wasn't forced on people like a clutch claw or something like that. We're like, do it or experience 10 minutes longer hunts, you know? So it was more of a incentivized thing than a, a prerequisite. And the cool thing about the hyper monsters is that they gave you hyper parts in the same way that the uh, augments do for this game, for Sunbreak. Which, but those were made to make new armor. New armor sets, yeah. Every monster... That. Every monster had an R series or a ZR series, which was a set that was not meant to be worn as a full set, but it was meant to be like mixing pieces. And it was taking the extreme of that monster, both its weakness and its strength, and just exploiting it. So like the feline weapons, the prowler weapons were great because you'd have like the normal monster would be like, let's say like solid attack, solid element. And the hyper version for Mizutsune would be like super high element, lower attack, and stuff like that. So you'd have all these variations born out of this R system, which I thought was fantastic. Of course, it was easier because, you know, making armor was less fidelity. It was back on 3DS and all that stuff. But it's that's the type of endgame system I love the most. But see, but that, I think... that right there, that just, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you up there, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that right there really just shows something that I really loved about GU and that I loved about World. And that is something that I haven't been able to enjoy almost that much ever since introduced the anomaly system, which is like you would do these things and then you would work towards a specific mix set. You're like, oh, I want this piece from him, that piece from him, because it would matter because the armor meant something because, you know, there was actually here's this armor that has these skills and you can make all these crazy sets and you can mix together with deviant armor and do all. And you would have to only have six or seven skills. Yeah. Each one mattered. But but you had to even mix it with deviant armor and other types of armor that you would have in the game in order to reach certain skill thresholds. And it was it felt fun to actually plan out those. sets. like, oh, I want this thing. And, and that, I feel, is where Rise really fumbles it, where it's like, it doesn't feel fun if every piece of armor can be anything that you goddamn want. Because anything yeah. can be on anything. I mean, that's a problem like, I, I... I mean, to be, yeah, but it, to be fair, that's also I'm, a criticism I'm, I have on World and Iceborne as well. If if skills are easy to pop onto a set, then uh, yeah, they were, matter there less. Were, there were quite a few sets that did have that. But I, I, I pushed this a little bit off the rails there. Get Go back into the... Into the hyper okay, so that explains the hyper artists. system, yeah. I think, right? So yeah. right now, the way that they've taken the essence of that and they've implied it to this game is that the anomaly monsters have more than one, like like three, four spots at a time that are glowing red uh, when they're uh, in that state and hitting those red parts. And the particle effects are so heavy that it just feels like a, a, a beat down when you have four players. Like oh, It yeah. just feels like, okay, let's just like beat him down, right? And then he blows up. But the thing is... is if you hit those spots, those spots as they're glowing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they do increased damage or anything. I think they're just no. like, hey, bonus zone right here, hit me. 
And when you hit it, it doesn't give you the ability to do more skills. It just blows up and does massive, like, 2,000 damage. I mean, it doesn't instantly so, blow up. There's damage thresholds. But yeah, yes, yeah. once you do a certain but amount like, of damage, it'll blow up for thousands of damage, yeah. But because it's so significant amount of damage, it basically is the same as Clutch Claw, where it's like, yeah, you don't have to. But if you don't, <laughs> you're going to be in for yeah. quite a long hunt because you have to pop. Those. You know, the we've really buffed up and uh, inflated and, their def- you know their their life points and stuff. And not only that, but if you don't hit those, eventually the monster goes into overload and does that big AOE explosion with the swirlies, and that has just like tremendous amounts of stun potential whenever it comes to that stuff. So yeah. you, if you get hit by one of those, you get stunned like 90% of the times unless you have full-on stun resist. Yeah, so I I, th- I like that they tried to take the idea from the hyper system, but I don't I don't, don't like, like that the they tied it to damage because yeah. I think it, it, it it's kind of clutch claw maybe not as offensive, but it's it shouldn't be a guaranteed like totally big bonus where it's like, okay, you are going to do that or you are going to so, suffer. Here's here's what you got to do. Just play greatsword. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because like who cares about dealing 2000 damage for popping a curio when I can hit the monster for twice that amount? <laughs> Nobody cares. Just play greatsword. <laughs> or play light bowgun, which I hear is also doing really well or whatever. Yeah. But I just I don't know. I like monsters feeling dangerous, you know? Like yes! when you had a when you had a hyper monster, people were like, "Oh, or like, let's say the Silver Rathalos, right? Like, oh shit! Yeah, did Sil- face Silver face is glowing? Stay the hell away from its face, dude. Silver Los, I specifically remember like going in with me, Kegrin, and Wada. So you're talking about hunters that know what they're doing. We're not talking about like a team of randos that you grabbed online that are picking up the game for the first time. He me, will... Wada, and Kegrin would go into Silver Los quests in GU. And we would not know if we were coming out of there with the parts, okay? <laughs> we didn't know if we were going to survive. The is, but the game was telegraphed. It was telling you exactly yes. what it was going to do. It's just because it was so punishing and positioning was so harder back then that you really had to be on top of your game. And it was it um, was so fun, dude. Now I'm reminding myself of like the way that we would play back then. It was so wild. Like, like, like if you all want to cry, go to Generations Ultimate, do the, the simultaneous... Silver Rathalos and Golden Rathian quest for oh, the God. Destroyer Oriole or whatever. Like that quest was hard as balls. I don't think really I don't hard. know I don't know if I've done that. I might have, but but yeah, but it's the, really the way hard. the way that we'd go at it, like I, I for starters, there were just straight up some quests where I could not play Gunlands. It was just like forget about it. You yeah. can't do it. I'd have to go in with Sword and Shield, and even with Sword and Shield, I'd have to go like freaking adept style to be able to survive. Because it was that much. But, th- but then we had like Wada. Th- this is just something that I get reminded of. It was so funny. Wada would constantly do the alchemy fireball, mm. which doesn't deal that much damage. It doesn't do that much. But we'd, it's fun though. But we'd be like fighting Silver Rathalos, and then comes Wada with his barrel, and he's like, fireball! And he would bring down Rathalos from the sky with a fireball from his barrel. Oh, that was so epic, dude. That was good times, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's my thoughts on the 
anomaly, whatever you want to call it, uh, blowy parts. Curio, the curio system, whatever that they put on it. Yeah, the, yeah. the anomaly curio hyper something. EX plus yeah. alpha. <laughs> so the third system, which I think they applied, was from Monster Hunter World, which was the tempered uh, system, which was the idea that you know having quests with random, randomized harder conditions could pump out higher rewards. Now, where I didn't like the the tempered system was that it made getting rare materials like so much more easier that regular quests were stupid to do. Like, why would you ever do a quest from the quest board if you could do a tempered investigate? It Dude, would make no sense. That's still one of the most watched videos in my channel is me just like, don't repeat optional quests. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. It's one of the most watched videos in the channel where I just made a video and I was like, guys, don't do optional quests. Don't repeat them. Just don't do it. Yeah. So I think, you know, I love the idea of having, and tying it to points, I think was a smarter idea. I thought that was cool. I wish they would have colored them differently. Like what a, what is a positive modifier and what's a negative one? I wish they did like blue and red or something. Yeah. So that it was a little bit more obvious. Um, but they give you a good transparency at the end of the hunt. Like if you look at your actual results, they tell you exactly but I mean, what you got for each one. I think it's also fairly easy to understand since I think the only positive one is the carts, right? It's like, oh, you have five carts for this quest. You can easily tell, okay, that's a positive modifier, so that's not yeah. good. That's true, yeah. I wish you could search for quest by modifier. Like, I want a quest that's 25-minute limited. You know, I want a quest that yeah. is two people. Well, you can do two people only now, uh, but you can't search for all the conditions, um, which would be kind of nice. But overall, I'm pretty happy with the way that they, they implemented the tempered system. Uh, with conditions. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I, any I, thoughts I, on? I think so too. I think that the um, the way that they've done it where whenever there's enough negative conditions, you basically get bonus to your points. I think it makes perfect sense because it reinforces the whole sense of high risk, high reward, which is overall just a, a better experience. I know that a lot of players don't like because a lot of people tell me this during my streams like, oh, I, I don't, I delete all of my quests that have only one faint and I'm just like, I don't know why. I, I want all the one faint quests. It's like if I, I die, those. I die, but it's high risk, high reward. You gotta, you know, it but is. But it's also it is. like when you come back for a quest and it says today's special is very safe, which is the insurance, you're like, okay, it's time to dig into that hard ass quest. Let's Listen, do it. There's only it's one, one way to look at it. There's okay, only one buff Chad. that you need. Okay. There's only one buff that you need. And unfortunately, Bird it's collar. not a 100% buff. And that is Bombadil. Guts? That's Moxie? the only buff that you need. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all you need is Dongo Bombadil, baby. That's all oh, you boy. need, and you know it. <laughs> I, we already talked about the last one, which was I thought Iceborne, one of the mechanics they took from that was the idea of these special monsters, which was the Guiding Lands, giving parts that were used then to augment your, your weapon and gear. Um, and again, I, I think it was great because it's it wasn't just headbanging you to actually get materials to craft the armor. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, and we already talked about the issue, though, of yeah, having the, access to a monster before you have access in Master Rank, which is kind of funny. The, um, the weapon augmentation, the curious weapon crafting, that I like because it's, yeah. again, it is not RNG. It is predictable. You want this Super upgrade. Clear. You target this upgrade. You get this upgrade. I love that. And that's what I want to see more of in Monster Hunter. Yeah, I want the to weapon see more system, systems I loved it. like weapon crafting, and I want to see less systems like the armor crafting. Curious crafting. Yeah, that, I do not, I'm the, not a fan. 
that's the the one of the biggest selling points for Monster Hunter for me, and it's one of the things that I always bring up when people tell me, why do you play so much Monster Hunter? And it's like, look, because I've played so much goddamn World of Warcraft and Diablo and all of these games that have random loot, that whenever there's a game that respects my time and I can specifically target the thing that I want, and maybe I won't get it every time, but I can try again until I get it, like, that's what I want. But when you give me something yeah. that's like, hey, maybe you'll get powder mantle. Maybe you'll get speed eating is like, no, these two things Yesterday, should not even be remotely in the same pool of skills. The other day I was trying to get wind mantle on one of my pieces. And it's I actually did not that hard. Nah, I did over 200 oh augmentations my. and I didn't get it. I'm not joking. 200. I yeah. counted because I was getting so upset. Yeah, see guys, I'm like, this, I should this I should have saved scummed it. <laughs> and this, no, you can't anymore. They oh, did something no. yeah, at you, least you on can't switch. I mean, it, maybe if you send your save to the cloud and then exit. Exactly, then, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. That's how you save scummed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, cuz cuz you that. used you used to be able to just like exit out. Before, oh, so, now it auto saves. So you'd yeah. meld and then you would exit out and you can't do that anymore. You have to like yeah. do it from the cloud and all Backups. that, but but yeah, it's it's like to me whenever you get to a point in the video game, and I think that a lot of people probably save scum for the curious armor crafting, which is probably why they don't mind. But it's like, to me, from the moment that your game incentivizes save scumming, you failed something. Unless it's like, let's say it's a story game and you're save scumming because you want to see different yeah. outcomes. He, he's talking about the development thing. design, not the players. You, you guys yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like... The, the, You're being pushed to it, I think. Yeah, the develop the development of the game has made a mistake because players feel like, oh, this is not a good use of my resources and or time. Therefore, I'm going to use an yeah. alternate. I mean, at that point, if your saves coming, why saves come at all? Just like get if if you're on PC, just like you know, change your save, do whatever, just mod your save file because it's a, it's the same thing. You're basically manipulating the game systems to get your desired outcome. Hey, man, so you know, I will, as, I will as just modding. say way back in Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, what we used to do, I don't, I'm sure you've done it as well, which was people figured out the tables and what actions and how oh, many no, seconds. Oh, no, I never, would I never did that. Would, oh, I did. The sniping, and I spent many an hour doing this where you would find, figure out where you are in the table. You'd figure out, okay, I don't want to do any actions. I don't want to do any steps. I'm going to start my game, and I'm. You have to frame perfect, hit the button to get it. Uh, but you could snipe a specific charm, and it it was an art. Um, and oh my it's just God. because it was so random that people had to do that. So yeah, there and was see, timers and stuff we use. That's where I think that you start failing, especially when it's because of a random nature. Which is, I think that video games should, for the most part, reward a player's skill. Like, if you're good enough yeah. at doing something, you should be able to be rewarded for that. Like, an excellent example in Monster Hunter is, for instance, tail chopping. You want to get a tail part? Cut the tail. It requires a certain amount of skill to cut the tail. Not every weapon can cut the tail, which kind of sucks for hammer users and dude users, even though dude users do get some slashing damage. No, dudes can, dudes can cut, no. Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's it sucks for hammer users, but it's like, hey, look, if you get a friend. Like, I, I have a friend of mine who at one point asked me, well, hey, now, come. You can, now you can just get the followers. And they'll, they'll, they'll help yeah, you, you out. Can, I don't think you can, uh, I don't think I th you can tell them, gonna, like, please focus no. on tail. No, I think you're going to have a hard time if you're going to have the followers yeah. try to chop the tail. That'll be rough. But, uh, no, wait, actually, actually, no, I've seen the, the Gallius, the Admiral. He chops tails. 
That, like I've had him in my team quite a few times, and he's chopped the tail. So actually, no, you you might be able to have some success with uh, with the admiral, but probably not at high anomaly ranks. That's probably going to be yeah. struggle city. Oh yeah. But uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. You reward player skill as opposed to being random. There's still a, a degree of randomness to it, right? Because you can cut the tail instead of getting the tail material, you get a gem. Yeah, it's it's better that you were than what you were hoping for, but you still didn't get what you wanted. You can also cut the tail yeah. and you can get a shell. So it's like, you know, there's still an RNG element to it, but there's a much bigger degree of control. I think it's like probably 60 percent chance or 80 percent chance of you getting a tail material if you chop the tail. So it's like that's what I want to see more of. I don't want to see yeah. randomness coming in. I want to I want less randomness more skill-based things so that you can target the things that you want. Yeah. That's what I so, want I mean, one Hunter. thing, yeah, I mean, we won't go into our feelings about being able to add on an entire set's worth of skills just through augmentation and stuff like that, because, I mean, that it is what it is, right? That's the game. Um, you know, having 50 skills active is a thing because it's basically Frontier. And we don't like that, we know that. But I would say at the end of the day, the system's like augmenting your weapon, fantastic. Love yes. it. Um, the idea of uh, the other, like even the charm thing, they added in title updated, they added in a new type of curious talisman melding where you can target a yes. skill and get very decent ones every time. Yeah, like yeah. Very the, decent the, ones. The, I actually, think that's great. That's something that I feel like I probably haven't should talked do that for enough. Armor. I probably haven't talked enough about that, but I feel like the new charm generation is actually one of the better things that they've done for an, what is essentially an RNG system because yeah, I feel like good. whereas the previous charms that I was generating for the most part, they felt like a waste of time. Even the targeted yeah. ones with like title update four, or yeah, title update not, three, whatever. Yeah, you might not get them or whatever. It, it was, it, that was a complete waste of time. Everything up until title update five when it came to charm melding was a complete waste of time. And now there's a system that I don't think is a complete waste of time. Yeah, because it's really even good. If you don't, even if you don't get a god-tier roll, you can get some really good rolls they're, they're, they very are all really easily. Good. Yeah. The tables are very well manipulated. And it only costs, you know, anomaly parts. So the more yeah. time you put in, the more you can get. So it's it's not a cheap method unless you've been playing for a long time. It is quite expensive. Like, I had to do some... Curious but it's crafty worth just it. to get yeah. the fodder, but it's worth it. And you can really aim for a set. So for that, I liked. If anything, I wish they would just add that to the armor now and just say, hey, if I'm going to augment my armor, let me target a skill. I mean, at this point, we're all gods anyways in the game. Like, I didn't have yeah. trouble with any of these monsters. You may as well, because there's just too much. The I, At the end of the day, what I'm feeling, though, is like with the weapon upgrades, it's great. But with the armor upgrades is the one thing I don't like. And it makes it feel like you're basically playing to do a slot machine. Yeah. And they that, really fixed they fixed it with the charms. I think that was fantastic. So they just need to fix the armor. And I'll be like, OK, I may not be into this type of system, but it's good. That that was actually the reason why for the longest time, whenever I would stream, I would actually save the the curious armor rolls for the end because I knew that by the time I was done, I wouldn't feel like playing the game, which is always the case. Like every single time that I go in there and I start rolling, like I know that by the time I'm done and all the materials are gone, I'm just like, yeah, time to take a break. Time to go play something yeah. else because, uh, yeah. It just, so it, before it I just get, doesn't feel yeah. good. 
Yeah, and that's my thoughts basically on the end game. I don't know if you wanted to add anything about your feelings on it, but that's how I feel about it, and now I understand it more. I can appreciate the parts of it that are really good. I do want to say I think it's nice that they try something different every game because yeah. they haven't figured out the end game system, but they're trying, right? And they're they're trying out different things. So eventually they'll nail it, hopefully in the next game. So I'll give them props for that as well. Instead of trying to force it down our throat, they're trying to change it up. Yeah, like um, I still enjoyed what I have engaged with the system, but at the same time, it was also very frustrating because like I said, I want to get to the cap, but I feel like the grind is way too high and they keep shifting the goalposts because like I'm almost at the 80 cap or whatever it was. Now it's 120 and I was like, okay, so you grind up. I'm like, oh, I'm almost at 100. Now it's 200. I was like, oh. Yeah. And then I grind. I think I was like at 160 in the last time. And they're like, and now it's 220. And I was like, bro. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, um, actually, oh God, I have so many notes I want to go through. Um, Keep going. I was going to ask, do you know what you get from the, I know the level 300 hunts. I've been watching a few of them on YouTube and it's pretty cool because they actually change the monsters. Like the proximity of their AOEs go much further than they normally do uh, and stuff like that. They actually change some of the mechanics, but do you know what, is there any special reward for doing a level 300 anomaly quest? Uh, badge. A badge, but like not a visual badge, like one of those you know the when you complete something and you get like a badge of something for the for the little it, for the completionism thing it's like a uh, yeah like right now i right now i have like an amatsu icon on my name is it that i don't know like if you it's see my hunter name above my head name, it's got that little icon it, it might it might be that it's just like you know that thing in your guild card that has like badges that you collect as you play through it yeah 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 you know, I, I think it, i think it's just one of those Okay, because I'm curious. Maybe it is this way or not, but I think what would be cool is if to incentivize people to go all the way to 300 is if you beat a, mo a level 300 monster, they have that little icon next to your name, right? Like right now I have Amatsu because it's a cute little icon of its head. Um, and some people have like the helmet um, or whatever. It'd be nice if you unlock the monster icon for that monster that you killed in the 300 quest. So you can have like a, oh. a Kezu or a Bishaten. Or, like, that would be awesome. I think that would be really fun. I don't know yeah. if they do that, but if they don't, they should. Um, but I would just, I, I, I don't feel there's much encouragement right now, but uh, that's fine. Um, I mean, th that's the thing. The encouragement to me when it comes to the anomaly thing and getting to the top, the encouragement has always been, okay, if I get to the top, I get to fight the hardest thing. And that's what I want to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, it takes too long and I'm not willing to put in yeah. the grinds. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, before I go into some other miscellaneous notes, um, I was going to say the next final monster they're adding, the, the uh, what, what would you call it, a variant on Malzino? Luzino. Um, yeah. What do you think they're going to tie that to? you think it's going to be Master Rank 200, or do you think they're going to tie it to Anomaly Rank? I think it's going to be Master Rank 200. I hope so. I hope so. If they dare to go and say it's going to be anomaly rank three hundred, I'll be pissed. I yes. did get myself up to two hundred. Um, I don't master think rank, that makes and sense. I hope. Yeah. So fingers crossed. I got myself to two hundred so that I can enjoy it when it comes out. Hopefully. Um, 
But talking about master rank, actually, this is interesting. So I started out at master rank 56, and my goal is to get to 200, which I did. Took a lot of hunts. I think there's still a problem with the scalability for people who are not playing this game constantly. I think gaining up to master, I, I've talked about this in detail, gaining up to master rank 100 is not a problem. Getting beyond that, though, becomes a slog. And I think I ended up doing that Gormagala quest like 60 times. Um, basically time attacking. The thing is, you get 2,400 points from that quest, right? And I think, and that's about, you know, once you're above level 100, that's about like one rank per per quest. So, like, if you want to get to master rank 100 to 200, you have to do 100 quests. That feels right. But the thing is, all the other quests are like 1,400 or 1,500 points. I think it's too low. I think every master rank outside of the beginning monster should be around 2,000, 2,500. I think that's the sweet spot. So me having to grind an event quest to make it more manageable, ugh. People say, well, yeah, you did it over the course of a week and a half. I'm like, yeah, but I also put 100 hours in. Like that, That's not a small, insignificant amount of change. So I wish Master Rank Quest outside the event ones actually paid out decent. Instead of giving us, you know, like a Master Rank Event Quest that fixes a problem, like here's all the Zenny, because there's that quest with Zenny, and it's ridiculous. You get a ton. I think then there's that... the quest that gives you lots of MRP. It's like, why don't you just adjust the game so that we're no longer... Because um... other, other, you're only going to do that quest. There's a, a different solution to it, and it involves the... I mean, we were talking about the philosophy that some of these systems appear to be brought in from, um, you know, from live service games. And it's like, if you're bringing this in from live service games, and if that's kind of like the direction... Because let's just face it, Anomaly Research Rank definitely feels like a live service element. You know, we can have a discussion about how we feel about that and all of that, but it definitely feels like a live service element that was brought into the game. And it's like, if you're doing that, there is another live service element that you can bring into the game, which is rested XP. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't played for, I don't know, let's, yeah, let's, let's say it, 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 kicks, it kicks in at a certain point in time. I, I don't know exactly when it should kick in, but there should be like some condition like, hey, maybe you played a certain amount of hours for this update or whatever, which is, they would say yeah. that's not that much. So Here's a bonus XP for your next 50 hunts or something like that. Yeah. And for the next 50 hunts, you just get like chunks of master rank. And, you know, because if you if we are bringing in these systems that uh, implement some type of live service, you know, then you want to bring some quality chasing, of life yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, because like if you're going to have everybody chase up to master rank 200, you have to give them a way to make catch up a little bit better, right? So they can play it. And so far, it just feels like it's the lazy solution of, okay, we'll add an event quest that pays out a crap ton, and there, we're done. Yeah, but it's like, I, I don't, <laughs> you only end up doing that thing over and over again. Because it's like, yeah. why would I why would I engage with master rank at that point? Because at this point, anomalies give me both the anomaly ranks, they give me monster parts. The only thing they don't give me is master rank points. And master rank points, I could do I mean, normal they quests. Do, they do give you master rank points. They don't give they you They do, that but not much. much. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, so. that was one of the reasons why when I came back to the Switch, what I was doing most of the time was I was doing three monster quests. Yeah. In the Anomaly. So anyway, I think monster rank, you know, I think they should find a way to, to help give a more catch-up method. But I used Magala because it was the best and the fastest, uh, basically killing him in four minutes. 
every time and getting one level. So I did about 60 times. Jesus Christ. It was just a way for me to speed, speed, speed run my, t my sets and try things out. Which is funny is the thing I ended up using on him the most was bow. Um, of all things. Spread bow. Well, that yeah, because bow is busted. Um, as most so, as most of the ranged weapons tend to be. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, title Update 5 also had Shockproof, new decoration, which I think should be the staple going forward in the franchise. Get rid of Flinch Free, have Shockproof, call it a day. That thing is perfect. So um, the difference, I mean, maybe you can educate me, but to me what I understand is when you have Flinch Free, if you are put to sleep, if you, are, if you need to get knocked out of something, you don't. It's a demerit. Yeah, it's don't. like instead of getting knocked, instead of getting knocked around by your teammates and not being able to hunt at all, your punishment is that you're screwed if you if you need to get hit. Shockproof solves that. It says you're not going to get hit by your enemy friendly fire, but if you get a, get knocked out of a status, you can get knocked out of it. If my understanding is correct, I don't. I don't is know. I haven't. I haven't tested that. I haven't tested that particular functionality. I usually just use it to prevent blasting people with bullet barrage. But to be honest, I also feel like, I don't know, I, I've, I haven't even been a big fan of Flinch Free. It's like, I understand. Yeah, I mean, there, were, there was an art with, with Friendly yeah, Fire, right? With exactly. taking positions and stuff. I understand that. It's, it's, Unless you play Lance, then everyone else can just screw themselves. Yeah, but I, th I think the Lance that Lance... trips at anything. Yeah, I, th I think that Lance, they should just, like, fix that aspect of it. Because, like, literally anything, even sneezing in the general direction of a Lance, like, oh, oh. I'm staggered. Oh, I'm staggered. Oh, again. But um, I just feel that, you know, there's, um, there's a certain amount of convenience that you would want, and there's a certain amount where it just feels like, okay, maybe this is too much. And we are getting to that point where everything is almost becoming like an MMO. It's about uptime. It's like, yeah, just we use Flint Tree because it's, it's more optimal, because yeah. it's more uptime. Just hit the Everybody head. Everybody hits do. the head because it's got the best modifiers. And it's like... I think that it was cool when in previous Monster Hunter games you had to be somewhat careful with the way that you played yeah. so that you wouldn't screw other people around. Like an, an interesting thing was uh, Wada at one point in Generations Ultimate kept getting launched and we couldn't figure out why. We were like, why? Why are you getting launched? And it uh, turns can out, I guess what it is? Can I guess? Go for it. Sword and Shield, the the Hunter rank three. It's spin. not. It's not the spin. I mean, the spin also okay. did that, and every now and then we use that intentionally. But it was the shield bash. The shield bash would send him flying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I forgot about that. So I'd be going for shield bashes. Boom, 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 and he not sent flying. And he's like, "What are you doing? I told you not to equip the level three one." And I was like, "I'm not. I have the level two. I wasn't even using the hunter art. What do you mean?" So we, it actually took us a while to figure out what was going on. But I think that those are moments that are interesting. And I know that a lot of people are like, yeah. it's just inconvenient. I get launched all the time. Friggin' hammer users and trolls. And, and it's like, yeah, but there's, I feel like there's a certain, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but there's a certain familiarity yeah. to it. There's a certain element to that inconvenience that makes sense and requires it's the beautiful it game it requires right? coordination so it's like i get what you're saying oh let's just get shockproof and it's not a problem anymore i'm just like i think it potentially should be a problem and yeah, you know there's the I whole meme about long swords in some long break, swords though, tripping everybody uh, yeah sure i'm just thinking like the whole break. thing about long swords stripping everybody would make you really appreciate when there was a long I sword user had... in your team that didn't do that 
I have a controversial idea that just popped in my head. I haven't even thought it through. So this could be a really dumb idea. But I was just thinking, uh -oh. what if they adjusted the way that, you know how they have different hit zone percentages for blunt versus cutting versus gunner? Yeah. What if they actually fudged those and changed it so that it's more realistic? Like cutting damage, you do the most damage on the tail or the wings. Impact, you're going for the head. Uh, bullets, you're going for like wings and feet or something. Like what if they changed it so that not every player was incentivized to go to the head? That could potentially solve it a little bit. I mean, in, in some monsters, they do have some elements of that. Like you remember how, for instance, in um, uh, Safi Jiva, like if you wanted to bring the wings, you'd have to bring a gunner to bust the wings and stuff like that. So they have done some of that in the past. It's just overall in the game, it's more like, yeah, the head is always the raw damage everywhere. Break everything. It's like that. That's the strategy. Just like raw damage everywhere. Break everything. And whenever they go yeah. away from that formula, they kind of like get backlash from the community. Almost like people yeah. weren't happy about the fact that you they just want to play gunners. their one weapon, right? Yeah, people weren't happy about the fact that you needed gunners to break wings. People weren't happy about the fact that you needed elemental damage to not really to kill Elytraeon, but to survive eschaton judgment yeah and it's like yeah, okay yeah, you it's, know? A, it's a touchy thing i guess it's it's a touchy I don't know, thing I just, but i'll, I'll everybody be real get away from the damn head i think i think it's worth it to keep the soul of the game by having these little inconveniences here and there and these very specific mechanics here and there that are very specific to monsters like no you have to use elemental damage you don't want to use elemental damage you're gonna die to eschaton judgment it's too bad it's like, hey, it is what it is. The That's one the thing monster. that I will say is that I feel like every weapon needs to be viable. That, I think, needs yes. to be a thing. And I also think that there needs to be much better balancing with weapons moving forward. Because yeah, I think that I this whole I think that this whole thing where the community just accepted that's like, hey, look, ranged weapons, they're just they're just on a different class, okay? There's the class yeah, of pleb busted, weapons, whatever. which is the melee weapons. Those are the pleb weapons. And then in the pleb weapons, there's like the pleb that kind of like is, um, he's kind, kind of, of like, funny, the, like, he's the snitch. So he kind of, he snitches to the to the lords, which are the the, the ranged weapons, and they, they get the buff. So for instance, during Monster Hunter Rise, base rise, Longsword was the snitch. They were snitching, to the, to the ranged weapons so they get to deal more damage in sunbreak greatsword is the snitch they're snitching to the ranged weapons they get to deal more damage and the ranged weapons just remain the lords throughout the entirety of the game yeah and it's like what i think no, is really funny that needs is, to stop that just needs to stop well, this hierarchy look okay? at final fantasy right i'll bring more parallels but there's a range tax they call it right but there's a tax for having the ability to attack at a distance at a safer distance is one you get hit hard as hell. You don't get as much HP as the other people. So yeah. yeah, you need to be careful. And two, you don't do as much damage. And that's, yeah, because you have uptime. You can hit when you're further away. They should, it's like we have the opposite in Monster Hunter where they're I doing mean, everything. They say, hey, you have to manage your bullets and your weapons, you poor little thing. You know what? We'll give you tons of damage as a, as a, well, you have to think about your positioning or your distance, you poor baby, even though it's the easiest thing ever. And the bow just laughs because they're like, I don't have to manage shit. And I can get all the damage? Okay. At mid-distance? Like, fuck yeah. Gaijin just cooking all the range users right now, bro. That was no, like, I'm saying all the range. The, like there's no range tanks at all. You you remember the, the clip I linked you from oh, Aurora yeah. when she just roasted Light Bogan out of nowhere? Okay. 
You know what was really funny? I was doing Amatsu farming yesterday or the day before because I just couldn't get the uh, the heavenly whatever scale thing. And I was I switched to Bogun, the Kaatagormagala one, of course. It's great. And Amatsu was doing that super attack where you have to zip up really high in the air. And as I'm hanging there, I just go on my dial and oh I just crafted 60 more piercing I'm like how did I just craft that I'm like sitting in the air I'm like yeah the plane range is really hard man oh poor me I have to craft the ammunition while I'm hanging I just hit one button exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny yeah it's like uh, I think I think it's very I I think that they just need to balance it better because I think that when you have speed runs where it's like you just see ridiculous differences, like less than half the time of difference between weapons. Like, I'm sorry, that's unreasonable. That's just completely yeah. unreasonable. Like, I, I can I can fathom where it's like, oh, this weapon's slightly better than this one. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. But like, when you compare them and you're like, no, this weapon is like 200% better than that one. And you're just like, bro, I mean, you know on, one thing put, I do, I gotta give some, some credit effort. to the monster. The Monster Hunter community, the gunners, I love them because in some games you'd get I some, hate them. I hate I'll, I'll every just, last call, one of call, you. I'll just call them bitches in other games oh! um, because they'll be because they will. <laughs> no, no, in other games they'll be like, yeah, but we have inventory management. We have to do our <laughs> No, when I go to a Monster Hunter gunner, I'm like, you guys are getting the sweet end of the deal. You can do so much damage. All they do is they grin. They go, uh huh. <laughs> Like they know they're getting a sweet deal and they love exploiting it and they do a fun job. Like um like Angbata who we had on. Like I, yeah. I just love that that there's no pretending like No, Angbata, we don't have it listen. easy we don't have it better than you. They're they're all like, Yeah, that's why we're playing Gunner, you idiot. Listen, and I'm like, Okay, you guys are honest and I love that. Angbata, Famito, all you guys, fuck all y'all. <laughs> no, joking. no, no. I I love you guys. I love you. I just I love the honesty of knowing <laughs> It's like you've got a sweet stick. It's like, uh huh. Why do you think I'm using it? It's, it's yes, like all of us. We, we, hey, we all played the Kelby bow. We can't lie and say we didn't. I, di- I didn't. Are you kidding me? Have no, you ever tried it? No. Well, that's why you you didn't play it. If you try it once, you're not stopping. No. <laughs> it's it's crack cocaine. That. It's, it's, Listen, that thing I'm, was fun. I play, I play the gun lance and I play the sword and shield and I play the charge blade. No. Oh, I used boy. to play lance, but I don't like lance and rise. Even though, dude, do you see what they're doing I love with it. lance right now? I love it. Oh, they, yeah, they're just breaking. Uh, the, whoops, we didn't think that one out, did we? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I've seen, I've seen like four player speed runs with lance and every, and, and, and you know, people Ten are seconds. linking that to me constantly saying, oh, fun lance, huh? can your gun lance do this? And I'm just like, hey, man, that's not fair, all right? Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, if exploit. I could do that with a gun lance, I'd do that all the time. You would? I don't give a damn. No, yeah. because let me explain to you why. Like, I, one of my favorite concepts when it comes to a shield weapon is being able to reflect damage. I love that. I, I, just, yeah. I just really vibe off of that. So when they were, when they were talking about that Rampage Deco, I wasn't even thinking about exploiting it with the gust grab. I was like, oh man, I wish I could do that in the gun lens. Now when you see them exploiting it with the gust grab, I'm like, man, see now you guys, you got, this is why you can't have nice things. Now they're going to nerf it and you got nothing. Now that thing is yeah. going to be as good as Wyvern Stake Boost, which is worth. It's clever though. Like the community was clever, man. They find yeah. that stuff fast. But yeah. you know what? As someone who did, did like, you know, naked, uh, 
reflection farming in Eureka and Final Fantasy fourteen. I have no room to speak. Um, I you, didn't you find do that. an exploit. You want to use it as long as you're not affecting other players' uh, things. Hey, a bug is a feature. <laughs> mm-hmm. Use it while you got it. I guess mm-hmm. it's up to you whether or not you feel. If you feel dirty for it, that's a personal thing. <laughs> anyway, um, the the other thing I forgot to mention was they also added the ability to search because there's so many decorations now in the game to craft. Oh, they right. added a feature you can, you can search. search by skill, and that's awesome. Yeah, that so you is. You can just good. pull it up in the menu. It's like there. The, I didn't even know. I mean, I probably did read that they added that, but I still don't use it. I still go through, and I'm like. Okay, where's uh, Phoenix 4? Nah, nah. Phoenix 4, looking for a Phoenix 4. Nah, nah. Hello, Phoenix 4 going once. Phoenix 4 going twice. No, twice. Because you, end, I know up, it's you end up realizing that you passed it up like six times. And you're like, Yes, what? yes. I used to do that all the time. Like, um, like people would always call me. Scanning your blind. Yu-Gi-Oh like, deck for a card. I'm like, where is it? Yeah, especially during stream. During stream, it's so awkward. I'll go through a decoration like 50 times. Page 2! Like, In the chat. You just, yeah, you just missed it. Go back. And then I go back and I go through it again because I'm just like completely no! blind to that stuff. So the, the the last thing I have to talk about with my grindy week and a half of catching up to Sunbreak is just my thoughts on the, the Risen Monsters because I had not faced them before. Uh, I think they're fantastic. I like them more than the Arc Tempered. I really, really love the system. Of the Risen Monsters. Uh, Amatsu, we already talked about and gushed about. Amatsu is, yeah, Amatsu is freaking awesome. fantastic. Risen, I would say, out of the four Risen, because there's what, Camellios, Teostra. Oh, no, there's Kushala as well. I always forget about that bitch. Yeah, uh, you forget about Kushala because he's like the easiest one. <laughs> he's so easy. Yeah. Kush, Risen Kush is a joke, dude. That's how easy yeah, so he I is. I think my favorite is Risen Crimson Grow Valstrax. I think he is just so damn cool. Uh, I just I I love how far his reach goes when he pu- he uses his wings as like pounders or his like glaives and he's like Ching! like he reaches halfway across I, the damn arena. Now that I have uh, proper gear, because like I first fought him without upgrading my armor, I was lower master rank. I didn't have a proper build. That was frustrating. Dude, I was mad. I I was mad when I was on. I was like, just you wait until I get my chaotic Gormagala Gunlands, get my set online, come back here, yeah. beat the crap out of you. And I did. I came back and I beat the crap out of him later. But yeah, the first time I fought him, it was I was upset because like I was brutally undergeared for it. Nowhere close to. Yeah, I ready. think my my thing is I've been overgeared or proper geared for all of these. So for me, it's yeah, been it very good. consistent. I have really consistent like enrage points where they always hit enrage at 50% health. They hit it again at 30 and then they hit it again at 15 or 10. And yeah. so it's it's it feels like an MMO, which I love. Like it feels like there's phases. But then I looked into it and it's actually their enrage that triggers it from some of them. So it's just the fact that I've been doing the same types of hunts with the same gear that it's it feels consistent for me, but it's actually not so much, but um I, I love the idea though. It's, it's great. Um, I think and I love I think the orange glow fun. that they get. I think it looks the, really cool. The one that I don't like is Camellios, dude. That that dude, Jesus Christ, he wrecks. He might be one of the hard. I mean, Shigaru is obviously the hardest one because he has the least I amount. Th- of I, openings. Thought, I thought Camellios was the easiest. He's on my list. Nah, was the easiest. Kushala is the easiest. I I don't know. There's something about Camellios. Uh, the first couple of times I fought him, I really struggled, and I think huh. I think it has to do with the fact that. 
um, as we've talked about, like the gun lance gets much, much slower, right? As, yeah. as monsters get faster, gun lance just feels like incredibly sluggish, whereas when the monsters aren't so fast, it's whatever. But yeah. because of the fact that it is slower, he gets me with the tongue way too often and steals my mm. spirit birds, dude. And yeah, that's I'm using sword really shield, so like privilege. So you end, like, you ended up not going the lance route. Lance. I do actually, I did make a lance and I've been using it. But the problem was is that it took me forever to get the Anjanath uh, thing so that I can make the um, part. Couldn't the you buy? Wanted, couldn't you buy the gem? Or I didn't have coins back then. Oh, okay. I didn't have, and you know you can't even buy Amatsu stuff. Like it's not in the shop. So like when I was no, because to get... Amatsu will come in the next update. It's always the uh, next update. MMO. Okay, yeah. but my second favorite, which I know that you don't like, but as a certain shield player, I adore, is Risen Shagaru. I really like that uh, fight. Dude, Risen, Risen Shaggy has, I feel like he has too few openings. It is true. He is on cocaine, as you said. I agree. Yeah. But as a certain shield user, I'm just underneath him going like, yeah. man, it sucks to be the people outside. I'm in my little tent. Like, like just this sitting is why, there. This nice is why safe. the first the first time you saw me fight him, I went in there and I'm just like, bro, I got guard, guard up, emboldened, everything. I'm, I'm you got hit around I'm and I'm like, here under, I'm underneath behind him like, my I'm wall. cool. Behind my wall, you can't hurt me, Shigaru. <laughs> he still carded me twice, the bastard. But I got him yeah. on the first try, which is uh, not too shabby. Not too shaggy. Yeah, yay. Joshua, <laughs> I thought was great. He felt just like a, a slightly more buffed and visual version yeah. of his normal self. Really fun. Kshala is a. He's depending a on who you are, what weapon you use, he's a he's a he's annoying as shit. Um, and to me, the easiest pushover was Camellios. For Sword and Shield, it's just like it's way too easy to outmaneuver that boy. Yeah. Uh, especially with like that silkbind skill that allows you to like like zip forward in any direction with your shield with your shield like, i yeah, can get I out i love yeah, that thing that is great and i can get out of the way of anything like it's totally fine but i love the arisen monsters i think they were really great good additions really nice variants um and i love that they didn't change what they did it was like arc tempered where they they just enhanced they enhanced their natural the moves, yeah. uh, no they, they changed they changed some of the stuff like the um, the Volstrax, for instance, has straight up new moves. Oh no! What I mean is, like, they're not changing its element, or like, like, oh, okay. okay, well, how, what would an ice version be like? You know, it's like they're not doing yeah, that. Not, or like a paralysis Volstrax, that would suck. Can you imagine a Volstrax <laughs> that also does paralysis? Paralysis Volstrax. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So, some so, in some um, at some point somewhere, Rios is listening to this and going like, "Hmm, well, this is wait." People, people are. Volstance. Paralyzed, and then he goes in for the dive. Yeah, I like this. Yes. <laughs> Paralyzed ambush. This sounds like a Everybody's great idea. Everybody's using flinch free one. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that, that uh, yeah, overall, I... my point. No more flinch free. Yeah. So do I feel like my comments were too harsh? No. Do I feel like my comments were unjustified? No. Do I feel title update five made a significant difference? Yes. Uh, and I had a really good time. I'm going to wait until June to play some more because right now, it's a it's it's a I don't know a more family friendly way to way to put it, but I feel that Monster Hunter Sunbreak. There's so many skills, and the the monster the hunters are so overpowered that at this point it's just I call it skill masturbation. 
because it's you don't need any other skills. skills on your set. You just you just put it on there because you can and it's fun and you're messing around. Like they're so strong. I have no desire or need or to my set to me is like perfect. I'm like, yeah, could I make it a little bit better? Sure. But is it going to let me smack around Risen uh, Shaggy any better? Probably not. Like I'm happy like where I'm at. So I had a good time. It was a really my nice uh, return to Sunbreak and to enjoy its content. So. My set can definitely still be brutally improved, I feel like, but it's just one of those things. I feel like the investment, again, to get the 300 is way too much, Yeah, and I, I just I, I don't hope, have the time. I hope they do a permanent boost for the next update to 300. Like, just give everybody the the boost, not just the 240, but all the way to 300, because I don't, yeah, don't want to do 60 I, levels unboosted. I won't do it. Yeah, I I want to do I want I want to do those quests, but the time yeah. investment I don't think is uh, is reasonable. But yeah, that's and again, it's like we're not saying we don't like the game because a lot of people, oh, you guys don't want to do the grind. It's like no, we've no. Done today the grind. is my day to shower praise at the game. I just had the time yeah. of my life playing it. Yes, I'm going back to FF. Actually, I was playing FF at why also playing Monster Hunter. I was that. It's we we have a week off here in Japan, so I've been being degenerate. Um, but I am getting sunshine. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> but uh, it's been a it's been a cr crazy grind because I like to do that. Um, but it's been really fun. Yeah, it's it, it's again but, that's that's the thing. You need to give yourself. You need to be able to realize when is it going to be fun and when is it going to yeah. stop? Because otherwise, you end up generating resentment towards the game, and that's the reason yeah, why. Like I'm, I said, I'm not going. After the, the the really big grind, I'm like, hey, I'll play while it's fun. It stops being fun. Take a break. Come back later. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's my mentality I call the uh, when the party is over, don't let it drag on. It's it's like you can go to a party or a club and like it's fun and like an hour in, you're just kind of like, okay, like I, I don't really want to be here anymore. You should just leave. Yeah. Like leave it on a high note, you know? Like when it's over for you, it's over. Like just it is what it is, as you like to yep. say. <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, I got I this got nothing else. <laughs> yeah, no, this has been fun to talk about my experience with the game and finally talk about a crap ton of Monster Hunter. And it's been a long time since we had almost a two-hour yeah. episode. Yeah, dude. So We're... hopefully people appreciated hearing the thoughts of someone who has been away and has, has, has played catch-up. And hopefully it encourages some other people who have been away for the same reason. Yeah. Like if they're I, thinking I about think... catching up, this is a really good point to do that. I think that Title Update 5 is a very good time for people that want to come back into the game for sure. And to at least, like we were talking about at the start, at least go up to 221. Because after 221, then stuff really slows down. Unless you got like some momentum and maybe you got a group of friends, then maybe you guys can push it up to 241. Yeah. But, you know, going all the way up to 300 is going to be limited to people that really I can just want imagine to my head... Uh Going up to 300, I can imagine like a meme where it's like bowgun users, and there's that picture of Leonardo DiCaprio like going <laughs> with his with his cocktail. Yeah, but, that's, but that's the thing. I feel like a lot of the people who grinded like giga hardcore, they were most likely using bowgun. It's like I don't want to use bowgun. I want to play gunlines. And it's like, well, too like bad. Sucks, live sucks live to be bowgun you. is a hell of a fun time. I was using that against Amato actually, um, like bowgun pierce too. It's so fun to just be. <laughs> Yeah, especially now face. with like the you have like rapid fire piercing spare shots and all that. Oh, it's so good! It's like wow. Okay, it must be nice. It's a good time. <laughs> it is. <laughs> anyway, team. Awesome, man. Well, always fun to talk to you about Monster Hunter, and uh, yep. I can't wait for June. June is going to be uh, a real fun time. Not only because 
the the final monster edition, which we'll have to play together. Uh, but hopefully we get some news this year about the future of Monster Hunter. Yeah, who Hoping. knows if that's going to be at Summer Games Fest or the Game Awards. People people are still yeah. saying it's probably going to be the T- TGS. Game Awards? No, not TGS is dead. It's deader than E3. TGS is a joke. Damn. I think we ta- we've Harsh talked about words. this before. Harsh no, we've talked about how yeah. bad it got when it went digital. Oh, my God, it's horrible. Yeah. Like you, you will find everything on websites three days before the show starts. They're not announcing that many new interesting things. They're not doing anything. It's you go there, you can line up for six hours to do one trial play of a game. It's a joke. Like, and now it's digital, and it's really just dumb programming. Uh, it's much better to just have people do it at their own leisure when they're ready, instead of rushing, saying we're announcing that we'll be announcing something soon. Thank you. <laughs> it's like shut up, get out of here. Yeah, so but I I think that Summer Games Fest and Game Awards is probably the biggest uh, chances. I'm of starting to news. think Game Awards because that's later yeah, in the year, right? Like September-ish. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, Game I'm, Awards I'm is December. Th- yeah, I'm thinking. I'm starting to th- just ah, nah. But if they're going to do the next big monster Hunter next year, then they need half a year before it comes out to really blow up. Yeah, I don't know what they'll do. There's, there's I, an I, argument I think to be Game made Awards for both. As well. I think Game Awards as well, but if it if it is uh, Summer Games Fest, I wouldn't be surprised. A year out, then yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But it's going to anyway, be a good year either way. We'll see about that. We'll see you guys in the next one. If you guys enjoyed this episode, do remember hit the like button, subscribe, bell notification icon, all that jazz. There's also apparently some feature in the audio-only platform where people can leave comments there now as well that I wasn't aware oh, of. Oh, nice. I've seen those being sent in and stuff, so thank you for those. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. Stay strong, stay safe. And happy Curious Crafting. There's nothing happy about Curious Crafting. (laughs)